Good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is Dr. Brenda Shoshana returning today with another episode of our podcast, Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Every week, every day, every hour, something new, a moment, a Zen moment. Maybe the word Zen is too much added on. A moment. And a live moment is a Zen moment. A true moment is a Zen moment. So anyway, the actual topic for today is in the Zen world, we don't have a thing. Interesting. What can that really mean? What is that? In the Zen world, we don't have a thing. Now, of course, all of us want, we want, I want this, I want that, give me this. This this beautiful saying is based upon a story of a Zen student, as many of the stories are, who went searching for a teacher, which is something we all do, searching for a teacher, a relationship, a friend, someone. <laughs> There's a feeling, someone, please help me. And, and this student actually said, please, when he found the teacher, can you lend me a helping hand? Actually, so beautiful. Can you lend me a helping hand? That's a call one, too. Very normal request, very understandable request. This student felt very empty inside. Didn't know where he was, what he was, why he was, but he had a lot of hunger, a lot of needs, a lot of confusion. And he really is an example of us all at certain times, not always, but there is that experience we have like that. But you lend me a helping hand. I, it, it, I can't do it on my own. There's that feeling. And so it, it really does seem as if someone else has our answers. And they also have the treasures that we're looking for. How come this person is calm? How come this person seems centered? Why aren't I? Maybe I'll go to that person and they'll tell me their secret or their tips or whatever or their teachings. So we look at our own lives and we compare ourselves endlessly to someone else. Like there's something wrong with me because I'm nervous, I'm confused, I don't know what I'm doing. And that person over there, wow, they've got it all together. (laughs) That's actually a feeling many of us have, especially with all the social media. With all the comparing one person to another person. And so, of course, when a hard time comes in our lives, which it does and it must and it will, We simply are convinced that we cannot make it without the help of others. So this young man who found the Zen teacher, he felt like a reed blowing in the wind. Very unsubstantial, insubstantial. I give you those little images because it's something we can all relate to. Everybody's felt this way. You know, the the experience of one person is the experience of all. (laughs) We're not so separate. We're not so alone. We're here having many, many, many experiences. Anyway, so this young man went running to this teacher and was saying, please, you you take over my life for me, please. You be the teacher, you be the authority, or maybe you, you do that with a doctor. You take 
you take charge of my health, please. Or a relationship, you take charge of my loneliness, please. Make sure I'm not lonely. Well, we do that in many, many ways with many, many different people. And of course, many people are willing to play that role. Yes, I'll, I'll step in. I'll be that authority for you. I will come to the rescue. <clears throat> come to the rescue. Some of us are even rescuers. We feel the best when we're rescuing someone, when we're coming to the rescue. We feel like we're important. We're doing something worthwhile. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it for one tiny minute that we should not help others or lend a helping hand in the normal sense of the word. I'm also not saying that we're to live on an island and never look, never ask for help or never give help. That's not what I'm saying. But this koan points to a whole different way of being of help and a whole different way of finding your particular needs met and the answers you're craving. So if you continue this, what this koan is saying to us as an ongoing life orientation, which this can become, it becomes an identity. Lend me a helping hand. I'm not as good as you. I'm not as pretty. I'm not as rich. I'm not as thin. Looking up to someone and in, this, and in the same moment putting ourselves down. That's what's inherent here. As if there's something wrong with me. As if there's something I'm lacking. That's the implicit feeling. There must be something I'm lacking because otherwise why would I be feeling so wobbly, so confused? so alone. What's wrong with me? That's implicit in this koan and in that kind of life orientation. Danger. You know, I have in, in all the Zen different koans, there's a moment where we say, uh-oh, danger, danger. I love that moment. I love that moment. It's a wake-up call. Wait a minute. Wake up. Wake up. You don't want to live your whole life that way. Because as an ongoing way of life, you do not see how you're weakening yourself by holding on to that role and those views. And you're also not seeing where the true source of your help and your support really lies. That's even more important. Where is the true source of your support in life and the help you you want and the strength that you're looking for. Where is it? That's a koan that we're working with all the time and we're learning by doing. We're not figuring this out. None of these questions are to be figured out. They're to be eaten up and lived with and tested for yourself. So this monk went to his founder teacher and and. After he cried out, please lend me a helping hand, and he gave him a whole long string of all the things that were wrong in his life. This one doesn't love me. I'm having trouble at work. Many, many, many things wrong in life. And the Zen master listened to him carefully. That's an important point. The Zen master certainly didn't turn him away, ignore him, pretend what was bothering him wasn't meaningful to him or important. None of that. He didn't give him the cold shoulder at all. So that's also an instruction in our daily lives. Listen, the Zen master listened to him carefully. 
paid attention. That itself is a practice to listen carefully to whatever is said to us, what comes to us. Well, listen carefully. And then he offered his response. And this particular Zen master was filled with compassion. Another Zen master might laugh. Another one might hit him with a stick. But each Zen master has their own unique way of responding, and it comes from a very different part of themselves. But this particular one listened with compassion, and he said very famously, I wish I could give you the world, but in the Zen life, we don't have a thing. Wow, what a statement. Wow, profound. It really sums up everything in a way. (laughs) These statements can be atomic. I wish I could give you the world. He's saying, my heart is with you. There would be nothing more that I would love than to give you everything, the world. I wish you could have the whole world. He had only the best wishes for him. He said, but... In the Zen life, we don't have a thing. How beautiful. Of course, contrary to what the student thinks, no one else can give you the world. No one else can give you all that you're longing for and wanting. They may want to, but they cannot. They can love you, love you, love you all day long, and you can still feel empty and lonely. You can be with many, many people, and you can feel completely isolated in a crowd. No one can give you the world. And he went on to say, in the Zen life, we don't have a thing. What a great, great comment. Let's look at that beautiful comment. We don't have a thing. We are not clinging to anything. We're not defining ourselves by our objects, possessions, anything. We, we have open hands, as Dogen said. We don't have it. We're not holding on to it. We're not identifying with this world that he wants to give to this student. Yes, there's a whole world, and I wish I could give it to you, but you're not going to get it from me or anyone by holding on, clinging to what's here, demanding this, craving that. That's not the way. We don't have a thing. We don't hold on to anything. And life also isn't a thing. It's not an object. It's not something separate from us. So this teacher is certainly not withholding the support the student needs. He's pointing the student toward where the whole world really is, toward his own strength and reserves. You can't get it from me, is what he's saying. He's refusing to see this student as a helpless victim, and he's also refusing to see himself as the all-powerful mighty one. That's a very big trap. That's a very sad trap. When people get caught into that power trip, I'm better than you, I know more than you, I am more than you. Those are all lies because everybody has that whole world within, every single person. 
And the greatest teaching, the greatest gift, the greatest honor you can give to another is to point them to where their true strength and their true support really lies. Holding on to that other role, oh, I, I know and you don't, is really keeping the student from contacting his own strength and his whole world within. The only way you can turn someone back within to themselves is not to, in my view anyway, well, I shouldn't say the only way, but a very good way of doing it is not to take on that role, not to pretend, pretend that you know more or that you are more than anyone else, because truthfully, you're not. This wonderful teacher is telling the student that the two of them are no different. So that itself could be a great shock to the student. Wow, what? we're not different. He's telling the student, you and I both are the world. We contain the world within. All you need, you have right now. You just aren't aware of it. So the only difference, and it can be a very big difference between the student and the teacher, is that the teacher is not holding on to things. He's in touch with the ever-flowing change of the world, the general world as it is, the big world, the whole world. He also knows where the world is, not necessarily outside him. I'm sure he invited the student to sit down with him on the cushion or on the floor or on a chair. Many of these stories, there's that invitation that's extended. It's, a, it's an incredibly beautiful invitation. Come sit with me or come have a cup of tea with me or come walk with me in the valley like that. He's inviting the student into his experience of the world through the silence, through the simplicity not making a long string. I need this. I want that. I hate this. I love that. No, 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 no. That is what absolutely takes you away from your strength, your resources, and the whole world as it is. <clears throat> For the Zen master, when they come, when anything comes, a person, an experience, a moment, a prayer, a hope, he experiences it. It comes. And because he's not clinging to it, it leaves. That's the natural order of life, coming and going, natural order of life. By clinging to it, by wanting to have it, we don't have it, we don't hold it. By clinging to it, because a lot of pain and confusion, because we want to have it. Help me, I want this, I want that. Well, you, you receive it, but it comes and it goes. And when you become in tune with that great fact of life, it's a whole new world. Then you can have the world. You know what it is and where it is. The Zen master is not clinging to a program or to rules for guidance. Do this, do that, do the other thing. It's, and I'm not saying it's not very important to have practice and have a direction, but he's, he's going into a very deep place with this student. And he's honoring that the student's own inner world, if the student sits quietly, and even if he doesn't, he may do other activities, 
when he stops looking for it outside, when he stops negating his own wisdom and strength, his own inner wisdom will show him the way. This teacher has no idea how the student should live his life or anybody else's. He doesn't know how, I mean, that's so presumptuous that we think we know how everyone should live their lives. We barely know how to live our own lives. Well, what is our life? Coming and going, going and coming. The great help he is giving him is being so true to his own self and his own practice and his great ability not to hold on. This teacher cannot give him a set direction except practice. And then the student will see for himself. Only the student can take the next steps on his pathway. The teacher is just there beside him, taking his own steps as well. <laughs> Wherever you both are, you're both taking the steps that belong to you right now. This causes so much sorrow and disappointment when someone we love, a teacher or a, uh, or a family member or a friend, is not here physically anymore. Where are they? Are we separated? What are they doing? Did they leave me? All of those very human feelings appear, but if we realize everything comes, everything goes. We don't have a thing. We don't own anything or possess anyone. That's what this beautiful koan is telling us. The Zen master is warning the student not to cling to anything outside himself or to search for his strength that way. Actually, his strength comes from accepting life, from letting things come and letting them go. His strength comes from entering into the great rhythm of life itself. So when the teacher says, I wish I could give you the world, this is really the very deepest wish one could have for another. He's saying, I wish I could give you back to yourself. I wish you could open your eyes and realize the treasure and beauty this world holds. So I'll give you a little quick exercise, as I often do at the end. And, and really, this one is just, what are you looking for? Who do you think is going to give it to you? Think about that. And what are you missing yourself? What are you lacking yourself right now? So instead of running all around looking for it elsewhere, just for a little while, stop all that. Sit down. Be connected to your breathing. Keep your posture straight. Enter the silence. Or if you're not silent, that's fine. Look at all your thoughts that are coming and going. That's fine. If you just let them come and go, then you are silent. And discover for yourself your own balance and your own strength. So it's time to end for today. I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your wonderful emails that I'm really enjoying receiving. You can contact me at top, topspeaker at yahoo.com. And the URL for this is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And uh, many of you are writing to me and enjoying the podcasts. If you like them very much, I would always appreciate a nice a, a call out maybe on you iTunes or something like that so we could open it up and more people can enjoy it as well 
And I thank you again very much for being here. Pretty soon, I'm going to have an exciting thing to tell you about, which I'm happy about. Um, and so until next time, please, please have a really, really wonderful day.